0: Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. I'd like to welcome to the show today Kirsten Solis. She is a senior human resource representative at Zenium. Welcome, Kirsten.
1: Thank you, Brandon. Thank you for having
0: me. Uh, you're welcome. So today our topic is on the I-9 form. So first question for you, Kirsten, what is the I-9 form and for an employer, what's the purpose of it?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So the I-9 form is a government form that employers are required um, to obtain in this records. Um, what it does is it verifies the employee's identity and basically um, and their ability to work in the United States. So... Um, We usually, um, workers for US citizens or lawful permanent residents or non-immigrants with work authorizations or alien students with work authorizations are allowed to work in the United States. So you're just verifying that. Does the form actually ever expire? It does. So there is an expiration date. So the expiration date is usually in the right-hand corner, up on the top of the document. The current I nine right now is actually expired. So it expired in August thirty first, two thousand and
0: twelve. So this is good timing, then. It is
1: good. It is good timing. Is good timing. Um, so what you would do now is you would still continue to use the form because a new form hasn't been issued yet. Um, But I'm sure um, as soon as as a new form is issued, Zenium will definitely send that out and there will be updates to the new form. And the new form is actually looking like it's going to be a lot different than the new form. It might turn into two pages instead of one. So there's a lot changing on that front.
0: Probably a lot of training to go along with it. So what we'll do here after um, we'll post this podcast is that we'll actually put a form up of the, the current form and then provide some updates as maybe the new form will come out and anything uh, legal related that uh, we hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: so why exactly do employers actually need the i form besides the citizen uh, verification? Do, do they need it on file all the
1: time? Yes, absolutely. So, employers are required to keep the I-9 file. Um, what we like to recommend is that you keep it um, all your 9s together in one place. So, we recommend to keep it in a drawer that preferably has a lock um, somewhere outside, not in the personnel file. So, a separate folder for all your employees, all the I-9s, go into that file.
0: Why... Are they separate? Why not in the employee
1: file? Because it has confidential information on the I-9. So, um, I mean, that's basically the reason. You wanna protect your employees and that information that they give you on the I-9. So it has date of birth, social security number, I mean, it has everything on there um, to verify that um, you're able to work in the United States. So you wanna keep it separate and you wanna make sure it doesn't get in any of the wrong hands or somebody's not going through your drawers. You don't want that information easily to be discovered or to, you know, an employee to take out a file on accident. You want that separate and locked.
0: And so how long do you keep it on file? So let's say there's a long-standing employee
1: mm-hmm. and they
0: filled it up 10 years ago. Absolutely. Do you keep that in a certain active file or... Yeah. In a mixture of terminated employees and past employees, all that. So,
1: that's a good question. So, what we recommend is we recommend keeping um, all your active employee I-9s in an active employee I-9 file. So, you can pull terminated employees I-9s, which you can, but you have to be careful. So, you have to keep an I-9 for three years or one year after an employee has terminated. So depending when they terminate it you might have to so if they're employed for you for one year you have to keep that nine form for three years so separate file completely fine away lock still secured but it doesn't have to be it's your active files that hmm. makes sense yeah absolutely. so
0: what's one way after the the period of mm-hmm. holding on to how do you purge them
1: you purge them, shred.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You definitely don't want to be thrown away in a trash can where somebody can access the file because of that important information. Exactly,
1: exactly. We recommend in a shredder somebody, you know, a lot of companies or organizations have people come out, you know, companies that are focused on shredding confidential documents, you know, just make sure it's shredded.
0: So Kirsten, you mentioned the storing the paper files, but what about storing electronically. Is that an option mm-hmm. for employers?
1: Yes, it's absolutely an option. Um, if you are going to store your I-9s electronically, there's a lot of things that you need to do to ensure that there's proper controls in place. Um, some examples of that, you need to make sure that um, you need to make sure there's some controls in place to prevent accidental deletion of a file or anything that could potentially be altered of the i9 file. Um, What you also need to look for is make sure there's password settings, make sure the folders are locked and secure. Um, And what you need to do is uh, make sure you have a quality assurance program in place that evaluates your electronic storage system. So there's a lot that goes into if you're going to save your files electronically, um, but you can certainly do that.
0: One point of clarification, I-9 form is only for employees only and not for contractors. Is that correct?
1: Correct. You do not want an I-9 on an independent contractor. You're treating them as their employee. I-9 forms are for employees only, not independent contractors. Because the
0: liability is on the employer. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You. Know, yeah.
0: Okay. So in verifying citizenship, mm-hmm. and on the form it outlines this pretty well, what sort of forms of ID can employees use? And I know mm-hmm. on the form... List A, B, and C. Kind of explain that and and how actually you should be filling out the form.
1: Yeah. Um, So, um, like you mentioned, there's List A, List B, and List C. What um, employees can do is they could provide documentation just in List A. If they do that, they just need to provide either a passport, there's a permanent resident alien card, and actually on the I-9, that this list should be available to the employees. And what we recommend is actually showing them that list. We're not asking for the documentations. We're telling them, you know, what do you have out of these lists that we could use for the I-9? So you never want to say, hey, provide us our driver's license or our social security card. You want to give the employee that option. So in list A, um, one of those options is a passport or a permanent resident card, um, a foreign passport that contains a temporary um, what they like to call 1551 stamp or temporary 1551 printed notification, um, an employment authorization document, um, anything like this will um, do for list A. List B and C, this is where the end statement comes in. So you need something for list B and list C. Okay, so what?
0: two things. Two
1: things, okay. yeah. List A, one thing. List B and C, you need to provide and two documents. that's probably why it's
0: important that you give them this document ahead of time, I assume, because yeah. they'll need to prepare these things. So if they have something yes. from List A, then they're taken care of. But yes. if, what happens if they come to the meeting to sign this document mm-hmm. and they only have one item from List B, then you basically don't get a chance to fill out the entire form? Exactly,
1: exactly. You, um, what you'll need to do is you actually need them to come back with something from list B and C, or something from just list A. And you leave that on to the employee to decide what they so want to bring.
0: where is this list published? Is it on the back side of the I-9 form? Is it a supplement? Yeah, so
1: um, it should be on the back of the I-9 form. If it's not double-sided, it should be the next page after the I-9 form. Um, but um, what it's called the list of acceptable documents. So that should be with the I-9
0: As a hiring manager or a human resource person who is actually helping the employee fill out this form, Mm -hmm. how do you distinguish between real and fake
1: documents? (laughs) That's a really good question. Probably a
0: tough question to answer.
1: It's absolutely a tough question to answer um, because it's hard to tell. Um, I think the things that you need to look for is the texture of the document. You also um, look for um, the thickness of the document. Um, a couple other things you want to look, look for is the font. Is the font um, a little bit bigger than what you normally would see? Is it smaller? Um, sometimes um, the documents could be discolored a little bit or colors that aren't really recognized or you just don't see a lot. So that could also be um, a strong or a sign of um, fake identification. You also kind of want to look at for misspellings. There could be some misspellings or um, errors in grammar and punctuation. um, Also spacing within the letters. And, I mean, all this is really hard to tell because, you know, um, we're not staring at our Social Security cards every day. But, I mean, it is, you know, these are a couple things to be aware of when you are looking at.
0: So for, like, a new hiring manager or maybe an HR person Mm -hmm. who's relatively new to this sort of thing, how do you... I mean, you're not exposed to these documents nope. all the time. There's so many on this list as, we're, as we're looking at the form here. Mm-hmm. So how do you as a hiring manager, how do you figure out ways to know, or how do you know what a standard document looks like? Is there Are there resources on certain websites mm-hmm. you can look at and then be able to kind of cross-reference between... What's real and what's fake?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of resources to look at. I mean, Google is always a good option. But, I mean, some government websites are the USCIS. Um, they have outlined, which is the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Um, so that's a great site. Um, so I would recommend going on there. Um, they also offer free webinar webinars to go on. And you could look at the webinars. Um and it has ways of completing the I nine, um, fake documentation, um, what to keep an eye out for. Also, um, the Zenium website um, is a great resource. Um, we have a couple great articles and blogs that you could take a look at as well. So we'll put
0: links up to all those things, especially the government website.
1: Absolutely. We'll post
0: a link to the webinars that way, listeners can get an idea how to identify the fake, the fake forms and all that. <laughs> so here's a question for you, and this is kind of subjective, but what are the most common mistakes that you see? You Mm -hmm. personally, you see a lot of uh, Mm I-9s through the Zenium client base. Absolutely. But what are the most common mistakes that you've seen employers make?
1: I think employers um, what they forget to do is they actually um, they forget to look over the I nine. They forget to look to make sure that the employee fill out everything in the employee section. They don't um, go through it and make sure all the boxes are checked. On the current I nine form, there's four boxes, and sometimes those um, they just certainly. I mean they forget to check a box um also um the employee's signature the date of birth sometimes they forget to sign or sorry the date of the document the employee's signature or the date they forget to date the form um i think that's a common mistake um going back to the lists i think that's also another common mistake um people um or employers will sometimes put a driver's license in list day when driver's license are solely supposed to only go list B. And
0: so they think they've met the requirements. Exactly. And then, the, the, in all fairness, the document's actually filled out completely wrong. Correct. And they, most of the time, do they even know about it?
1: Um. No. I mean, obviously, <laughs> they. yeah, no, because I don't think anybody does it intentionally. Yeah, so it's, it's just, in their just one file of those things. It's, mm-hmm. it's
0: um, filled out incorrectly. So here, exactly. it leads into my really my next question is, once these are filled out wrong, mm-hmm. maybe without their knowing, What could happen at that point? I mean, could somebody audit them? Mm -hmm. Um, Are there penalties, fines? What sort of things are we looking at here?
1: Uh, Both. (laughs) So, yes, there are audits. Um, So, um, does
0: everybody receive an
1: audit? No. Okay. Not everybody will receive an audit. Um, Usually, audits, um, I mean, obviously, it's all going to depend, but usually, um, audits are kind of um, what's the word?
0: random or they're
1: random well i don't want to say random are usually um what will happen is um the um the government will get a tip basically maybe that an employer has illegal employees so that's kind of where you'll see the audits come in i mean audits can also be random too but um i think just in the past couple years and that's what um they were really trying to um come down on the i-9s and actually on immigration a little bit so there was a lot more audits than we typically usually see um so i mean that's your risk. There are, you know, there are penalties and fines for every error you make on the I-9. Now, what,
0: what kind of fines are you talking about? So if you, let's say you forgot to check a box, that, what are the, what are the, what's the maximum fine for that?
1: There's a dollar amount associated with that. I don't know off the top of my head you what that dollar amount, I do not want to know um, what that dollar amount is, but there is certainly a dollar amount associated, each error yeah. on the I-9 form. Yeah.
0: Well, good. So what other things should listeners know about the I-9 format? We we talked about how there may be a new form coming out, so we'll definitely keep people updated on that. But Mm -hmm. what are some good resources besides the government website you listed, and where can people learn more?
1: Definitely, obviously, go on to the government or go on to the government website um, and take a look at the new form that's coming on. There's a lot of blogs out there right now that um, the new I form, that new I nine form, is actually becoming quite the debate because they are moving to potentially a two page document. So, um, with that said, a two page document. There's going to be a lot of for everyone that uses electronic I nines. There's going to be a huge system upgrade. For that as well. So there's going to be a lot coming down um, if the new I-9 form is actually going to be a two-page document.
0: That'll be interesting to see the developments on that. But here's another question that yeah. I really didn't ask before. Mm-hmm. With this new form, does that mean employers actually have to go back with all of their existing employees and redo the I-9 form? No, no.
1: Good. You would not have to go back. Yes, your okay, so I-9 form. So it's just form, going forward. Absolutely, just going forward.
0: Our guest today has been Kirsten Solis. Thanks for being part of our show.
1: Thank you, Brandon.
0: This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email infozeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.